0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Aloha, welcome to BC Radio Live, a production of BC Magazine on Blog Talk Radio. We're broadcasting live online, so stop by the chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash bcradio to join in. I am Philip Wynn, Chief Geek at BC Magazine, and I'm here with Eric Olson, founder and publisher of BC Magazine.
2: What a well- pleasure to be here, Philip, and I dig that, that funky leftover from Halloween theme music. I was, I was quaking. I was shivering in my boots. It was scary. Oh, very, very good.
1: Well, we do plan to do this show every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, so you can always drop by the chat room, uh, listen, call in, talk with us live. If you've missed the show, you can catch archives of the show streaming online, or you can subscribe to the podcast to have BC Radio Live delivered to you. You can find out more details about BC Radio Live and all of the other shows soon to launch on the BC Radio Network on the web at blogcritics.org slash bcradio. So, Philip, how
2: charged are we that blog critics has been offered a channel on the world-famous, growing, monolithic, megalithic blog talk radio? How, How whipped into a frenzy are we? We are pumped beyond belief. How many people have we heard from after sending out just one message, maybe two?
1: Well, a few messages, but 39 people, actually. We, uh, we put out words, and our editors and our writers, saying, who wants to be involved? We had 39 people respond within a couple of days. We've got already 15 shows lined up, relatively firm. Uh, we've got six or seven shows on the schedule. We are, we are jumping in with both feet. And uh, I tell you, we're starting it off right, actually. We've got a very exciting first show for tonight, even. We've got a few guests scheduled to call in. Uh, we're hoping to hear from Matt Welch who's a noted blogger, blogged for the LA Times. He's got a new book out, McCain Myth of a Maverick. We uh, ran into him at the Blog World and New Media Expo a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we're going to hear from Brad Hill, the director of Weblogs Inc for America Online and author of uh, Blogging for Dummies as well as many other books. Uh, we're going to hear from Rick Calvert, the CEO and founder of the Blog World and New Media Expo. In fact, we just uh, returned from Blog World uh, 2 weeks ago. Eric Um, What would you say your your big takeaway from uh, Blog World was?
2: Well, I'm telling you, Blog World is one of those things where I I was very, very optimistic. You know, I'm getting old enough now and I've done enough things in my life that you just kind of have the feeling that no matter how good something looks on paper, no matter how well you put it together, no matter how hard you work on it, it's probably not going to turn out exactly the way you think. I mean, you just kind of get to that point in, in, in the middle of your life where you're you're a little bit jaded and things just you know just don't ever seem to come out exactly the way you want. Of course, there's balance in life and that some things turn out much better than you thought, and there's serendipity and all that good stuff. But the amazing thing about Blog World was for all the time and effort we put into it, and it's not that we were on it that long. We really didn't jump into it until the end of summer. It was really only a few months that we were really – deeply engaged in planning and putting together panels and recommending speakers and getting all of our materials together for the booth, uh, our promotional stuff and banners and all kinds of stuff to hand out and swag for the goodie bags and the goodie bags themselves, for that matter. And we had all kinds of great uh, of our partners, our content partners helped us out with books and CDs, and and uh, we we really had a lot of fun. But the thing is, is it turned out, even better than I really had hoped in my wildest dreams, and and that's really on both fronts. That's the show itself. This was the first time they've ever done it. You just you never know how something like that's going to go, what the response is going to be, and even when you know the the statistics, the fact that there were like seventeen hundred people there, which is really astonishing for the for the first time that there are seventeen hundred essentially bloggers or or blog-related business people who were there and and motivated enough to work their way to Las Vegas in in, uh, early November and get there and hang out and put in the time and effort, but also the intangibles. The the energy was amazing. People were really impressed with the panels, kind of the level of people, the the, the A-listers from all the various blogging communities. That's what really was interesting to me is, see, all these people who wouldn't really – necessarily ever connect uh, in the real world We're were together in this time and place and and made all kinds of connections. And, of course, that really happened for us. We had this great booth. Our placement couldn't have been better. We were right in the middle of the floor, both horizontally and vertically, so people were coming and going. We were right in the middle of it. And, you know, we met all kinds of people and even just our neighbors, our booth neighbors. I mean, that's literally how we hooked up with Blog Talk Radio. They were right across the aisle from us. And I, we knew Sean, uh, the sure. great Sean Daly, Sean O'Mac, who is now uh, hired a full time guy and doing all kinds of cool stuff on the air and and otherwise for Blog Talk Radio. But you know, we we did shows with him on a regular basis when he was back with a with a, another network. And so we knew him, and he just dragged me over and said, "Hey, let's go, let's let's go on the air right now and talk about it." And they were working live the whole time and bringing people in. And, uh, you know, just just from there, um, the fact that our here was our booth, uh, we had a lot of activity, and, oh, we haven't even talked about all the amazing people who came, the blog critics people who came to help us out. It was many of our editors, uh, and, sure. uh, of course, Lisa McKay put in truly yeoman effort in, in putting together the materials and gathering everything together, and she actually did a lot of the printing herself of of the materials, and she did final copy on our brochures and everything. So she really, really put out effort. And Dawn, my wife Dawn, uh, who who runs the Glosslip site, our, our celebrity and entertainment news site, she put in all kinds of effort. She was really kind of she took charge of the of the booth itself, really from the beginning, and made sure everything got done and took care of the materials. And we had just all kinds of people, and I'm hoping they're going to call in and, and chat with us about it because we we sure. just really had a great time.
1: Well, we actually have a caller on the line from 323. three two three. I'm not sure who that is, but let's let's go ahead and bring them on and say hi.
2: Absolutely. Can Uh, you hear
3: caller from three two three? You're on. Am I on? You are on. You be on. Who are you? Colin from Los Angeles, California. How you guys doing?
2: We are sensational. (laughs) Uh, It's uh, it's nice to uh,
3: reconnect. Uh, One of the great things about these conferences, which I barely go to uh, anymore, is that the chance to see old friends, you know. I haven't Eric and I haven't seen each other in five years or something
2: like that. It really is five years. It is astonishing. I cannot believe it had been that long. Of course you don't look any different. I, I was, you know, I look exactly the same except slightly higher hairline, you know how that goes. But uh, you know, you looked exactly the same. I, I same studly guy. guy, um that's very And your lovely wife. That's very nice of you.
3: Uh no, I mean and in, in seeing people like Glenn Reynolds, I mean There's uh, the same uh, thing that I notice at uh, political conventions, like the Democratic and Republican conventions, which I've been covering for a couple of cycles now. um, These things obviously don't really have – I mean, I'm talking about the conventions, not the the political ones – don't really have a whole lot of actual news content. What they are is reunions for journalists. (laughs) And uh, uh, And there are uh, worse things. Uh there are worse things. I seriously the uh, uh, you know Dan Perkins who does Tom Tomorrow um you know we he and I consider ourselves friends. We've only seen each other at political conventions and we always catch up and maybe have a drink and talk about stuff and gossip about Glenn Reynolds and the usual kind of fun. <laughs> uh and same thing with Dave Barry, you know, uh uh and so these blogging things tend to be a, a bit like that too and it's a chance obviously to make uh... New friends. I was really struck by how, um, like, down to business this thing was. I mean, sure, it's a it's the Las Vegas, you know, uh, convention center, so it's the biggest and most successful conference space perhaps in the world, uh, at least in the United States. So people are going to be there transacting business and such. But you know, uh, I didn't know what half the people were buying and selling, but it seemed awfully technical and useful. You know, I. Um, I dread conferences like most human beings probably do because you just kind of, there's the awkward thing about walking up to the booth and they want to talk to you and all you want is to grab the beer or kind of avoid eye contact, that whole kind of
2: Get the swag, man.
3: Uh, But uh, actually, you know, in the business I'm in, or I was until recently at the LA Times working on the website, I ran into three, four companies that do very tangible things that our website needs. And, you know, all right, here's the name of the person to talk to, and all this kind of stuff. But it was really, how can you solve problems from micro to macro? Uh, And it's sort of a sign that, you know, in five years or in ten years, depending on where you draw the line uh, on your timeline, uh, this has really become a business uh, in ways that uh, I think a lot of people didn't really fathom, you know, five years ago. There's all kinds of little kind of suckerfish or applet type of things out there and it's great you know and most of the people that i met had stories and a lot of these are blog critics people um had stories in which blogging was just sort of like this catalyst thing for which they can uh uh, kind of activate their entrepreneurial sides they changed themselves in some way they started as someone writing about music they ended up um, suddenly kind of like running a record promotions business, this kind of thing. Um, uh, it, uh, it reinforced the idea, which sounds kind of stale, but it's nice to be reminded of it, that it's this great kind of uh, catalyst for people who want to do stuff, who want to create, who want to change themselves or change their interface with the world. And it's kind of a shot in the arm for me.
2: It really is a bastion of individualism, and and you know people can choose, as in blog critics, of course, to to uh, bind themselves together to work together. But yeah, I, you're absolutely right. Blogging, uh, what what just struck me when I was entering it myself, I was researching a book shortly after 9/11, ran into these things called blogs or weblogs, had no idea what they were, and. And kind of tried to figure them out, and it, it, it kind of came together when I found Andrew Sullivan's site because I knew who he was and I knew what his background was, and I saw then what he was doing with his site. Ah, okay, you know, it's it's literally uh, can be anyway an online magazine, you know, personal journalism without the buffer, without that third party in the way to tell me what I can and cannot write about, and it just it, I really absolutely felt empowered. And it, you're you're right, it's exciting every day. You, know, you hear these numbers that it's millions or hundreds of thousands or whatever it is new bloggers every day but those people have that feeling you know every single day we have people who feel really empowered and they they find their voice through blogging and i think that really is something that is is noble you know it's a cliche perhaps but but it really is exciting technology and and it really is i think empowering on on the very personal Uh, and democratic level. Absolutely. Hey, why don't you tell us, you got a really exciting new job. When I talked to you first about Blog World a few weeks ago, you were the, the, what, opinion page editor? Is that what you were? I was
3: the uh, assistant editorial pages editor, which is one of those many vague titles that large newspapers give uh, to obscure whatever work you might be doing. (laughs)
4: Um,
3: (laughs) The way, uh, what I had been doing, and this is, I'm going to Preface all this by saying I'm not going to talk about my new job because we still haven't, you know, issued the formal press release and that. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, but uh, uh, no, I will. I, I've gone I take back. it back. I've gone back to a Reason Magazine. Uh, where from whence I came, I worked for Reason off and on between 2002 and 2005. The Times hired me uh, with this funny job title, which um, originally meant that I was kind of the number three man of the section. Uh, helping shape the editorial pages, writing editorials, blah, 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 uh, editing and writing uh, some, too. And then at the end, what I was doing more was just uh, being charged at the website of uh, what the opinion section was doing. And yeah, the opinion section, uh, under me and uh, Tim Cavanaugh, who's a guy I immediately stole from Reason, uh, just wanted to twist the, the knife uh, straight in the back as soon as I could. He's one of the most uh, talented writers and thinkers. He's the former editor of uh, fuck.com. Oh,
2: sure, sure. Love we know that. we know he, who him is. Yeah. He uh
3: he ran it during the late period which uh there's only a handful of us who really argue that that's when it was at its best. It was normally considered that you know 96, 97, 98 when it was starting off. Um I preferred it when it was in its death spiral when it was basically uh Tim Cavanaugh and uh
2: there's uh, more Heather, at stake.
3: Heather Haveleski uh doing uh you know uh, this great uh, uh uh,
2: Dance of with Death Taylor
3: with Terry Colum. Anyway, so I, uh, I jumped uh, I got Tim over at the LA Times, and so we've been doing all kinds of funny stuff. Uh, uh, moderate on the scale of interestingness, but still kind of uh, kind of fun. We are all, every day, basically we dig through the crazy archives of the LA Times, uh, which uh, is a paper that is probably the most hysterically anti-union newspaper in the history of publishing. Um, to the extent which unions, you know, blew up the building and killed 20 people back in 1911 or something like Lord,
2: that. Lord, uh, that's serious. Yeah. Uh,
3: they they are almost single-handedly responsible for uh, California being pretty much an open shop state with a default hostility to unions, which have you know of course coursed through my veins just by upbringing. Um, it's all because <laughs> of the LA Times. Uh, they. They uh, created Richard Nixon's career, uh, almost manufactured out of whole cloth. Uh, The movie uh, uh, Chinatown, you know, uh, basically is an indictment of the way that the L.A. Times misran the newspaper. So naturally, Tim and I have really enjoyed going back through the archives, which are a source of great embarrassment for most L.A. Times employees, but we find them kind of funny.
2: (laughs) Skewering them on their own petards.
3: Well, yes and no. Uh, We're finding, uh, for example... Uh, And any, like, institutional history of the times, everything pre-1960 when the sainted Otis Chandler uh, came to power and hired Paul Conrad as a cartoonist and all this kind of stuff, everything before that is treated with just great, like, embarrassment and shame because it was a Republican newspaper and it wasn't all that good. Uh, And it was run by guys who were just, you know, uh, local bosses who owned all the real estate. Um, And so we go back and we find, uh, you know, that... For instance, when there are laws proposed before World War One to prohibit Japanese or Chinese people from owning real estate, who is out there sticking up for them? It's the LA Times, the uh, much maligned LA Times. So we we go forth and find embarrassing or flattering bits from our uh, editorial uh, stances past. You know, like uh, terrible silence on racial housing covenants, blah blah blah. <laughs> um, and we started a couple of blogs and. We have uh, regular online-only columns, and so now I think we produce as much content with only a, a couple of people uh, uh, online as we do in the print newspaper with a hell of a lot more than a couple of, of people. But of course, I should stop saying "we." I am on the uh, employee of uh, Reason Magazine again, which is very exciting. The details of which I will obscure uh, from here on out. Now, now, Matt, are
1: you gonna are you gonna spend time working at Reason, uh, quoting from the LA Times archives in order to? to ridicule them
3: uh i should only hope so i, I can tell you that <laughs> yeah. probably the single greatest thing uh about uh not working for the la times anymore is that i can be more free of uh, to say that their sports columnist bill Plashkey is a big freaking moron <laughs> <laughs> wow well you know on that note we probably
1: ought to set up a time to talk to you at more length matt especially about your uh your new book uh, mccain myth of a maverick yeah thinking... let's
2: let's let's mention that certainly because that's uh you know that's a really important document we, we were talking matt and i were talking at blog world and and you filled me in on on the background of it and it's it's really fascinating you you came away with a with a very different perspective that from uh, from really what anyone has put forth and i, I have that signed book I, I had to finish my uh my uh, union of the uh, Yiddish uh, uh, policeman uh, first, which I I just did, by the way, and you know priorities. That's what's thumbs happening. up on that one. I liked it, and and we got Matt Welch and his John McCain book next. So, but uh, you know, before we do anything else, please do tell us a little bit about that, and uh, you know where 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 are, is it available and and all that good stuff. Best
3: place it's available is Amazon.com because my book publisher has not. Been very successful in putting it where people can see it. <laughs> uh, that's a nice way of, of putting it. Uh, the basic
2: topic... that's the history of my authorship as well. But go ahead.
3: Uh, it's the history of everybody's authorship. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't want to suck up your time with bad stories, but I, uh, uh, you know, I was complaining as we all do in this business about you know, oh, this copy that was supposed to go to this guy never got there. Same thing happens to Bob Woodward. Uh, I'm coming to find out <laughs> whatever it, whatever happens. They, it's
2: ubiquitous.
3: Give give you the review copies that you want. Uh, No, the basic uh, idea of my book is that everybody is uh, sort of confused or play pin the tail on the donkey or just kind of wish cast when it comes to John McCain's ideology. My conceit or my argument is that um, actually he has a consistent ideology uh, that's identifiable and depending on your point of view uh, might be a little bit frightening or inappropriate or horrifying or, you know, thrilling. Uh, I just was reviewed in the Washington Post this past weekend, and uh, and they said, you know, for a critical book, it seems like he actually likes him. They're very uh, befuddled by the whole thing. And I've actually heard that uh, response from uh, my friends on the left more than my friends on the right, which I think is kind of curious. Um, basically, my thesis is that he wants to use government as a very blunt instrument to restore your faith and my faith in government and in America as a shining ideal to the rest of the world. So anything that he sees as breeding cynicism, uh that is the like root of all evil. So, uh whether that's uh people think that uh, the political process is tarnished through money, okay, let's use the blunt instrument and I argue, you know, anti-constitutional instrument of uh, McCain-Feingold to clean up this perception even if it doesn't really do much to the problem. And you find this pattern over and over again uh in his career, you know, for from things ranging from the totally trivial, like, you know, ultimate fighting on Indian reservations uh, or steroids and baseball, in baseball, in my opinion, uh, to uh, more uh, crucial questions of war. And I put forth the proposition that he would be the most uh, uh, interventionist president that we have seen since Teddy Roosevelt, and that after eight years of Bush, that might be a little bit hard to handle, if nothing else, logistically.
2: Boy, oh, boy. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. I, I My personal sense is were, we're probably ready to swing back the other way for a while, but, of course, that remains to be seen. The The, the other thing you mentioned when, when we were talking was y- your insight into how his brain works was that you saw sort of the ideology of, of – uh, uh, a A right in in uh, the twelve step program in in his thinking.
3: Yeah, uh, this was a shocker to me as much as it is to those of you who are listening out there. Uh, I brought the only reason I wrote this book is because I brought a couple of his books down to Mexico with me on one of the few vacations I've ever taken in my life, and uh, and just for reading because I thought he was an interesting guy. And uh, from the first page of every one of his books, you find the same things. He is. Uh, ritualistically almost volunteering what a bad guy he is If if I turn over to my left here and I pick up a McCain book which I have in my hands and I flip to the first page this one is worth the fighting for I'm going to find you on the first page something where he talks about what a bad guy he is
2: he is not worthy
3: Perhaps some of us come to believe that the country cannot part with us. that of course is a delusion, but it can be a beautiful delusion as long as it doesn 't reverse the order of our allegiances um, uh, it 's usually even more blatant than that he 's just i 'm a bad guy uh, and it 's the langu- it 's not just uh, the uh, volunteering self criticism but it 's really the exact language of the tw- of 12 step programs he 's always going on about his own the sin of egotism, of narcissism, and those are real 12-step buzzwords for those of us who are unfortunate enough to have come too close <laughs>
2: to the sun. I have uh, been burned.
3: Uh, and, and been burned a bit. Uh, and, uh, you know, down to... Um, he believes, and he, he uh, enumerates this constantly on the, on the stump, and watch out for it uh, next time he talks. He's always talking about the greater cause. If we subsume ourselves under the greater cause... Uh, and and subsume our selfishness and egotism under that cause, and that cause for him uh, is uh, American sort of nationalism or supremacy, Um, then we can all be sort of transcended to a higher place. In AA, it's all about the higher power. and It doesn't really matter what that higher power is just as long as you agree on one, and then you channel and subsume your egotism and narcissism to this higher thing. And it really plays out, and this... Again, jumped out at me when I was just looking at these books. At that time, I knew nothing about McCain. Come to find out that his dad was in AA, that his wife has been allegedly in Narcotics Anonymous since the early '90s, going to a meeting at least once or twice a week. Um, that he himself was a you know a big partier uh, until he was in Vietnam and and still doesn't pass up a drink. It was hard uh, to get
2: at it from the from from his bamboo uh, cell, I guess.
3: Yeah. Uh,
1: well, well, Matt, we're going we're to help you out. We're going to want to put uh, a link to your book on Amazon up on the uh, BC Radio page. So people beautiful. will be able to go to uh, blogcritics.org slash bcradio, and uh, at least for a while we'll have a link up there to your book, and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get someone to review it around blog critics as well. Yeah,
2: absolutely. It's fa- fascinating stuff. Hey, do you have any um, uh, signings coming up, any appearances uh, vis-a-vis the book?
3: Uh, I'm actually going. Uh, I have uh, one big one that's happening December 13th in Los Angeles, California, uh, at the LA Press Club. They're throwing a big sort of party and uh, and sort of signing and great fun. If anyone goes to the lapressclub.org, you'll see details. December 13th, I think, from six o'clock. There's going to be uh, great free booze provided by Reason. Uh, God bless their souls, uh, and uh, it should be great fun. And then I'm going across country. Um, after Christmas, hitting up uh, Phoenix and Austin and New Orleans and hopefully Knoxville, uh, Tennessee, and, uh, and then uh, uh, Washington, D.C. The details of that are filling in, uh, but if any of you are from any of those uh, places, uh, give me a shout, and I'll uh, see about filling in with
2: details. Fantastic, absolutely, we need to bring you back uh, and do a whole show just with you. you've got so much stuff going on and and with the forthcoming uh, move to reason that 's really amazing you 're going to be literally the editor as I understand it, and you didn 't say it, but i did <laughs> and so uh, yeah i mean it 's really great stuff. Uh, apparently, we have uh, all kinds of people waiting on hold, so Matt, you are absolutely welcome and encouraged to stick around. we 'd love to have you. Stay with us, uh, but why don't we...
3: I've got to run, but I want to thank you guys for letting me prattle on and choke off the oxygen of the others. And uh, I'm really excited about your radio, and please keep me in the loop of everything you're doing, and I'll throw up links and
2: all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. Thanks thanks so much for for coming to Blog World and and being uh, a real key guy on our our pop culture panel. And uh, it, it was really great to see you.
1: All right. Well, we also have uh, Brad Hill has been uh, waiting patiently on the line. Uh, Brad is the director of Weblogs, Inc. for America Online. And as I mentioned, he's written uh, a bunch of books, more than 20 books, about digital music, online services, uh, including last year's Blogging for Dummies. Welcome to the show, Brad.
4: Thank you. You know, all my oxygen cut cut off. Thanks a lot, Matt. (laughs) Well, oh, no. between Matt
2: and I, there's there's never going to be a lack of of verbiage.
4: Uh, listen, guys, thanks for asking me on. This is really fun.
2: Hey, well, first of all, since since uh, one of our themes here is is blog world, and uh, we saw you there, and you did. Uh, did a keynote-type presentation uh, uh, slash panel. Uh, why don't you just tell us a little about uh, your impressions, you know, what were your thoughts on it, and tell us a little bit about your panel. What were what was some of the things you talked about? We were, we were kind of stuck either on our own panels or, or uh, running around with like chickens with our heads cut off working the booth, and so I, I really missed being able to attend a lot of them, including yours.
4: No, you blew me off. Admit it.
2: I, I'm, I'm hanging my head dejectedly here.
4: Listen, Blog World was great. It was really fun. It was one of the best, maybe the best, first iterations of a conference I've ever seen. So, congrats to to Rick about that. Rick, Coward, is he coming on tonight? Yeah, well,
2: I mean, we can bring Rick on yeah. too. Why, why don't we bring Rick up? Go ahead, Brad. Why don't we bring Rick on also?
1: All right. Well, I, I'll just uh, welcome Rick. You're uh, you're on the line with us now. Hey, Rick.
2: Hey, Rick.
4: He's a soft-spoken guy. He,
1: <laughs> well, his, he, his phone is on the line. He may have stepped away after he, He's really
2: soft-spoken at the moment.
4: <laughs> he's all about presenting other people.
2: Yeah, and doing well. But please, right. go ahead, Brad.
4: Um, well, it, it was a blast. Um, I learned things. I laughed. I cried. Um, one of the high points was meeting you, Eric, and seeing your outstanding booth. Um, and also, by the way, the Blog Talk Radio booth and meeting and talking with Alan. Um, so it's cool that that this show is you know juxtaposed against that because that was really my introduction in theory to Blog Talk Radio and this is my introduction in practice to it so that's great and um, yeah Rick asked me to be on the the keynote panel um, along with a few others um, the the new CEO of Technorati and and uh, the head of Pajamas Media and the head of B Five Media. Um and you know, we we discussed basically uh what it what it's like to to build a big blog network and and operate one and what the priorities are, what the changes seem to be, um what uh, uh what what the future holds, what the next year looks like for us, what what kind of things we're gonna be getting into and for me I guess um uh, I, I talked about how important it seems to me to blog with authenticity, and that's, that's really the key to it all, um, is to have a background in your subject and have passion for it, and then to be authentic, be honest, be genuine, be transparent, all of those core values of blogging. And then looking ahead, you know, in in the case of of our network, Weblogs, Inc., I I talked about um, we're getting more into rich media, getting into more community interactivity, getting more into vertical networking. And so it was kind of a brainstorming session and kind of a spill-your-gut session, and and it was a lot of interesting conversation. I really
2: liked it. Why don't you tell us, uh, I'm sure there's people out there, who live in caves or something, who don't really know exactly what Weblogs Inc. is and, uh, you know, how you guys function. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it and and then what you do in terms of uh, overseeing this massive enterprise, which is now under the umbrella of AOL, right?
4: Yeah, sure. Well, you know, you know, Weblog Zinc is not the important brand, so uh, if people have never heard of it, it's not because they live in a cave. It's it's because they probably have heard of some of our individual blog brands like Engadget and Joystick and Autoblog and TV Squad and and on and on. We have about 35 of them, in four different languages, and this whole thing got started by Jason Calicanis, uh in late just at the end of 2003. And I jumped on board a couple of months after that I um, just wrote him an email and said, hey, look at what you're doing and, and let me in. And so I started writing the digital music blog, and then over time I took, a, took over a few more of them. And at that time, Weblog Inc. was all about publishing very tightly niched, um, t- uh, topical, sort of professionally oriented blogs for people who were really deeply into the subject. So we had a blog about Photoshop and a blog about uh, various enterprise software packages. I mean, it wasn't nearly as consumer-oriented as it is now. Um, but that changed, and it really changed when we got acquired by AOL in late 2005. And um, soon after that, I got lifted up into the mothership and um, started out as, as an editor and um, uh, fairly soon became the director of the thing. And um, and that's pretty much where it stands now. We're We're like a company within a company, and we still – operate, although some people find it's hard to believe, it really is true, we still operate according to the indie principles by which we operated when we were in indie, um, and that is find the right people, get them on a contract, put them on a platform, and set them free with as little editorial interference as possible, and it um, still works for us, and our growth has been fantastic, and it's, uh, it's all good.
2: Well, it sounds like the best of both worlds, really, having the, the backing of a of a major corporation um, to, to help you out with the things where where uh, money and cloud helps, and yet the independence to do what you uh, need to do and, and want to do, and what connects with people on a grassroots level. It's really yeah. sounds like a really pretty ideal situation.
4: Yeah, it is good. I won't say that there hasn't been culture clash, um, and of course, anytime you operate inside a gigantic machine, um, it can sometimes take. Longer to get things done than than when you're solo and nimble, but um, the big advantages outweigh the small disadvantages. And you know we get gigantic promotional juice with AOL, and uh, when it comes to serving pages and handling crushes of traffic and stuff, the resources are basically unlimited. So there are tremendous advantages.
1: Well, we do have uh, Rick Calvert on the line with us now. He had a technical glitch earlier that I think was actually my fault. But uh,
2: No, that cannot be.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I think so. The That's Wizard of
2: Blog Critics?
1: <laughs> it's fun. The Chief Geek uh, occasionally screws up badly. So, uh, Rick,
5: are you on the line? I am on the line. Can you guys hear me now?
2: Yes, yes absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Great to hear your voice. Well, I, I think we all want to say congratulations on a uh, really pretty amazing... Amazing job and, and job well done. And as I was saying earlier, I'm not sure um, if you were listening at the time, but, you know, I said this is one of those really rare events that, uh, f- from my perspective, both for us as an organization but also equally for for the event as a whole, that truly exceeded expectations. And, you know, we came into it expecting a lot, and it, it really, really was amazing. So I want to say congrats on that. It's 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 a, Have you recovered yet?
5: I, I have recovered <laughs> Eric thank you um, and thank you for the kind words and thanks to Brad for the kind words as well um, you know this this was definitely a labor of, of love for me and, and, and for the rest of my staff but um, it it was time for this to happen for our industry um, I, I, I told people uh, before um, you know this the event wasn't the birth of the blogging and new media industry. It was just the announcement of that. Companies like Weblogs Inc. and Blog Critics, you guys were um, the birth of this industry, um, and so, so many of the other guys there—B5 Media and Pajamas Media and uh, Sports Blogs Nation and, and, and you know, entities like that. Um, there, there has been an industry of new media for some time now, um, but, but. What makes it different is people start this because they love it, not because you know they don't they don't come to it with some exceptions to make money. They come to it because they have a passion for something, and then they happen to be able to turn that into a business later on. And it's just it's a real exciting place to be to kind of see this revolution continuing.
2: Why don't you tell us a little bit? I, I don't I don't know that I ever exactly heard. How did the idea come to you? When did you conceive of it? And, and what was what was the process, and, and when did you really know that it was going to come together?
5: Well, I heard you um, say earlier, Eric, how, you know, 2001 is when you kind of found blogs, and, and, um, and uh, Andrew Sullivan was a, was, a, was a thing that kind of crystallized it for you in your mind, you know, to realize what exactly this thing was. Um, and, and I had a very similar experience. Um, I actually used to um, waste a lot of my time playing uh, video games, and... Uh, we we had this message board for EverQuest where we we, um, talked about the game when we weren't playing the game, or sometimes we did both at the same time. But uh, On 9-11, that message board first turned into um, a board about 9-11 versus the video game, and then about politics in general. And... um, I found myself reading blogs and um, and using blogs to bolster my you know political arguments on on the message board and um, I'm you know engaged in arguments on all these different blogs that I'm reading. I'm one of those guys who's leaving you know comments that are way too long who needed to have his own blog and um, Finally, I did start my own. It was called the Real Ugly American. It was a political blog. Um, and it was just one revelation after another. It, uh, it was the things that amazed me just kept happening, first of all, that it only took five minutes to start on Blogger, and I was and I was blogging. And then in a couple of days, I'd had 50 people that come and read my blog, and I'm like, how did they find me? This is unbelievable. And then you know, I landed an interview with Fred Barnes, and I was shocked that his publicist would set up the interview or that he would talk to me for 45 minutes. And then publishers started sending me books, and uh, I, Eric, I know you've been through this, um, you came to it from the traditional media side, so you kind of understand how it understood how it worked. I didn't. This was all, you know, new to me. I'm not a journalist, and you know, why were publishers sending me books? And so I finally reached a point to where I thought, okay, to take my blog to the next level, I've, I've got an audience here. I've gotten links from all these A-list bloggers. Maybe I could take this to the next level. I need to go to the blogging trade show. Um, coincidentally, I run trade shows for a living. So maybe that's why I think that way. That was pretty and good I was
2: background sh- for good old blog world, I'd, I'd say.
5: <laughs> and I was shocked to realize that it didn't exist. You know, there were all these little niche events like uh, Blog Business Summit or Blog Her or the Mill Blog Conference or Gut Blog Con, and, and typically any other industry. I guess the most analogous for us would be NAB, National Association of Broadcasters. You have everyone from every genre is there and represented. um because, you know, we all use the same medium of uh, blogs and podcasts and Internet radio and Internet TV. We all have the same questions. You know, how do we add these widgets? How do we monetize our content? How do we grow our readership? Um, so it just seemed like that would be the thing to do. Let's let's start this event. It doesn't exist. And when I asked my blogger friends, they all said, yeah, I want to go to that too. And um, eventually we found folks like you and some of the others who really,
2: Again, thought, wow,
5: why, does, why isn't this already happening? And that's, that's kind of how it came
2: about. Well, it's amazing and uh, it, it, that you pulled all this off. When, when did you actually officially know that – that, uh, when did you declare that this was happening? When did you go public with it? What, how, how much in advance of it was that that you, you know announced yourself?
5: Well, I first told a friend of mine in September 2006, another trade show professional. She's now my partner, Libby Durfee. Um, about my idea, and she'd known about my blog for a while, and you know, a few of my friends did as well. And she said, "We need to launch that show today." And uh, so, I set up a meeting with um, Hugh Hewitt, who's a political blogger, and uh, he was one of the people that inspired me to start my blog. And uh, I went and met with him over lunch, and I told him the idea, and I, and he just, you know looked at me with his mouth dropped open. He goes, I can't believe this doesn't exist. I'm in. What can I do to help? And so right around the end of September is when we made the decision to hold the show. Um, and then in November, excuse me, uh, uh, September of '06, and then November of '06, we announced the event. We said, you know, this is what we're doing. We'd already signed up. Um, so Nation, Pajamas Media, and, and Townhall.com were already committed to the show, and Yahoo were already committed to the show when we made that announcement. So um, it was onward and upward from there.
2: That was a great start. Well, uh, for people who who were, aren't aware of, of Blog World, the fact that it just uh, – was held, the inaugural Blog World, just a couple weeks ago. It was the, uh, what, 7th, 8th, and 9th of November. Why don't you um, tell us just a little bit, just an overview of, of, uh, you know, the number of people that were there and kind of what was covered and all that. And then I guess we already have a date for next year. We're already looking toward next year. And uh, you're holding it earlier in the year next year, I noticed.
5: Yeah. um, um, It'll be September 18th and 19th of 2008. And we did that in part... Um, because of the presidential elections. Obviously, the political blogging community is a huge community in, um, in, our, uh, in the blogosphere, and um, we thought doing otherwise it would be right on election day or right after election day, and it would be very difficult for guys left and right to get there. Um, so we wanted to do that uh, earlier on. And then, um, you know, basically it was an event for all of us to come and number one, meet each other. I know, Eric, you told me you got to meet a lot of friends that you'd never met before.
2: Yeah, even just within our own organization, of course. We'd we'd had one other meeting, uh, kind of official blog ca- uh, critics gathering the the year before, the summer uh, in Las Vegas, by the way, of uh, of 06. And so we'd met several people, but there were many more who came uh, to this event who we had not met. And it was really tremendous just to have a focal point, to have something to work together on, I mean, we we absolutely took pleasure in, in working with each other and helping each other out and presenting, you know, the, the, uh, the propaganda, the blog critics' propaganda to the world. And it, it really went tremendously well for us internally. I mean, even if nothing came of it uh, uh, externally and objectively, even if nothing, and in, in things really are happening, by the way, um, on, on that end, but even if we only gained... Uh, the, all the positives on the internal side of how we work together and supporting each other and learning from each other and having a place to, you know, we went out each night and, and really spent a lot of time together. It, it was it, it just absolutely invaluable, and being able to talk to all the people who came through, as I said, we had a, just couldn't have had a much better location we were right in the middle of everything, so the fact that we were able to talk to all these people and from all different walks of life, all different kinds of bloggers and, and business people, uh, you know, it, it, we were able to see that, yeah, we, you know, we really do belong right in the middle of this, and that, and yeah, you know, even though we're off kind of doing our own thing and always have been for all this time now that, you know, we also belong to this greater community, and, and it was... It was it was very touching. It brought a tear to my eye as I walked away <laughs> thinking, Gosh, you know, we really do have a place in this and 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 we play an important role and you know, we do important things. We talked to so many writers who came away saying, Wow, you know, that's you do a lot for writers and you're really geared toward writers and no, you know, we don't pay them cash, but we do kind of everything else we can think of, including now making shows available on Blog Talk Radio, but you know, coaching, exposure, community, uh, and, and of course, we do offer actual objective materials. All these review materials I'm handing out every day—the CDs and the DVDs and books and all that. So there's there's a very objective, tangible side as well. But but even more importantly, is just is is the subjective side. Of it. And people said, "Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of off on my own, doing my own thing, and I, I, I'm not really sure how to get the word out, and I don't, you know, I." I uh, I have sometimes I have a lot of readers if I get a link other times I don't and you know that's a really good idea to to have a community of writers who reinforce each other who give each other very honest sometimes brutal feedback and help each other be better and and you know just raise the game raise all of our game that's what we're trying to do we're trying to make the publication itself better we're trying to help every single writer be better, and there's a lot of people out there who respond to that, and well, so it was it was really gratifying just to, to be given that arena in order to to do those things. Hey, before I forget, just because my brain doesn't work that well, Rick, you brought up something uh, a really good point. I wanted to ask Brad uh, if he's still on, and that is, he's even more from a, a, a mainstream media background than I am, and that he's a he's a well nigh serial book author. Uh, I, I w- I'm curious to hear what. Brad sees as the differences and similarities between kind of the blogging approach, the blogging mentality, and and authoring books and writing for the mainstream media, in, in particular books, since that's such a long-form format.
4: Uh, here, yes. Sorry, I had to unmute my phone. I was typing into the chat room. Um.
2: You are a multimedia man.
4: I know. <laughs> it's, it's irresistible. It's just, you know, everybody's listening and typing at the same time. Anyway, um, yeah, well, that's the biggest difference. You know, a, a blog post can be 100 words, and um, uh, I've written a lot of those dummies books, and they're longer than they look. It's about 120,000 words. and um, uh, But really the essential difference between blogging and writing a book, or at least the kind of book that I've written, is that um, – blogging is is much more direct between you and the reader and it's much more honest and it's usually more advanced um than a a how-to book and um so it's uh, it's more genuinely you you know there's much more of the author's voice in it even though the dummies books are um kind of jokey and you're supposed to be yourself there's really nothing like the authenticity of a blog entry um so it's it's completely different, and I'm not writing books these days very much. I haven't done any book work in a year and a half or so. But um, when I was doing both, I always felt that the, that um, they balanced each other so well and so dramatically, and it was always such a relief after pounding out my quota of pages for a book deadline to kind of sink back into the blog. It was like sitting down with friends in the living room, you know, and just talking to people, brain-to-brain brain and heart-to-heart, and, heart. and that's really the essence of blogging, I think.
6: I,
5: I have a question for you, too, Brad. Um, this is Rick. Yep. Um, we actually had two exhibitors at the show, one called Blurb and the other one called Shared Book, who yeah. help bloggers turn their blogs into books. Yep, yep. Do you think that translates really well, or you know, being an author yourself, can you turn your blog into a book? Is it, is that a, does it make a good book?
4: Yeah. I think it does. Um, I was very excited by that. And in fact, let me tell you a story about Blurb. I was there um, talking with a guy at the booth, and um, I had heard of Blurb and the slurping up of the blog and everything and had seen their their site. But I was leasing through the books, and we were chatting and discussing price points and the whole economics of self-publishing versus uh, mainstream, you know, big publisher publishing. And he suddenly said to me, he looked at my name tag and said, have you written a lot of dummies books? I said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, what was your first one? And I said, well, it was Internet Searching for Dummies. It was many years ago. And he said, I'm Gareth Hancock. And Gareth Hancock used to be an acquisitions editor for the Dummies series, and he signed me to do my first few books, but we had never <laughs> met face-to-face. <laughs> <laughs> so Small met. world. For the first time, we met face-to-face at, the, at, at his blurb booth. Um, so that was you know, so cool. And, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of blurb. Um, I might try it myself someday. Um, for sure, uh, certain types of blogs translate well into books. My mother, who's in her 70s, started a blog uh, a few years ago, and she is a children's book author and has been all her life. And uh, she had an idea of just using the blog as a kind of a notebook and then eventually translating it into a book. Um, I'm not sure whether that's actually going to happen, and if it does, she'll probably go through her usual agent and, and stuff rather than using something like blurb. But uh, <laughs> uh, the point is that, yeah, I think it can, and the economics are very appealing because even though it might cost whatever, 20 or 25 bucks per book, um, which might seem like a lot, the production is beautiful, and when you're getting 100% of the margin... You don't have to sell nearly as many books as when you're getting 10% of the margin. So um, I just love the whole model.
2: Well, it's certainly analogous to the whole way the music industry is going, which, of course, you've been right in the middle of of documenting that with your digital – what was it, digital song stream? Was that – yeah, and and uh you know I know you've you've been right in the middle of that all along. I, it it seems to be that the internet in general is for better or for worse depending on who you're talking to or where they are in their careers is is allowing this uh up upswell uh of independence uh or forcing it uh and people who want to fight it don't seem to be able to um which was probably predictable cuz these kinds of revolutions the, the ground up revolutions typically cannot be stopped at least at least in democracies anyway and uh, you know we're seeing that uh, an anal- analog in all of the all of the kinds of media we're seeing it in in uh, newspapers of course and magazines and music industry and books and uh, I suppose the only place well now we're seeing radio. Video radio right here, here and now and we're starting, we're seeing it now in video of course with the explosion yeah. of the last couple of years.
4: Yeah, exactly it's, it is deliciously disruptive and um, Eric you and I both know Jim Griffin from the Full list, and absolutely. Um, for years he's talked about um, productive chaos and that's not his phrase exactly but he, he has always been an advocate of the type of turmoil and, and, and chaos in the media industries that we've seen over the last 10 years or so because he believes that it's necessary in order to get to a better place for consumers. Um, And I buy that argument, and um, I think you're absolutely right. There simply is no stopping um, uh, what consumers want. And if technology provides a straighter line from here to there for consumers, then um, old media models that try and introduce friction into it and curve the line and uh, legislators they really cannot stop it and uh, so it's uh, you know to me it's exciting even though now I work for a gigantic media company the biggest in the country actually um, it's uh, it's still thrilling to me to see this grassroots type of revolution and to see the empowerment of the individual with blogging and all forms of new media you know video distribution and everything it's Ever since I've been on the Internet um, and been online, which has been since 1992, there has been this mantra of uh, level playing field, disintermediation, you know, getting the gatekeepers out of the picture so that consumers can relate directly to other consumers, publishers can relate directly to their fans and customers, and um, there have been roadblocks along the way and a lot of despair, like, oh, God, the utopian dream isn't going to happen after all, but Change doesn't happen as quickly as we think it's going to, but it grinds on, and it seems to me things are getting better and better and more and more exciting.
1: Absolutely. Speaking of quick change, we've actually only got a few minutes left in the show, and we've got a a few more people to talk to. I
2: am shocked. I am shocked that we ran over. How could this (laughs) have happened? Well,
1: well, thank you, Brad. It's really not my fault. No, of course not. Of course not. Uh, Brad, Brad is, as we mentioned, the director of Weblogs, Inc. for America Online, and uh, he's written many books. Do check out Blogging for Dummies. We've got an endorsement of uh, of the book in the chat room just a little while ago.
4: Yeah, but that was me. Uh,
1: well, <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say anything. Uh, and then uh, Rick... Calvert, the CEO and founder of the very successful uh, Blog World the New Media Expo. Thank you for being with us as well.
2: We will be Uh, there next year. And let's tell people the the, the URL in case they they go and check it out. Uh, It it is blogworldexpo.com. You can see the site is very well put together, by the way. I don't think I've ever really talked, uh, Rick, to you about that. The site is extremely well put together, very informative, and you can see all the speakers or most of the speakers and uh, all kinds of great information and start thinking about next year. Thanks again, yep. Eric.
1: Thanks 18th and tonight. Thank you.
2: My pleasure. Well, we're supposed to be, uh, besides talking about Blog World, and, and you know, I told Philip, because my, my background is, is, is in media and is in radio and TV and whatnot, and TV is pretty rigidly planned, but uh, you know, even in real radio, quote unquote, man, there's just no way to predict how a talk show is going to go. I mean, sure, you have certain benchmarks, and if you're doing commercials, they have to run it this time or that time. Uh, but so, so many times the conversations, you know, are artificially cut off, and, and we're going to typically not do that and uh, let things go. And we had some really nice conversations. What the other thing we were trying to achieve in today's show, and now we only have a few minutes to do so. And uh, next week's show, I think we'll, we'll get into it much more. But we did want to introduce uh, at least some of the people who are doing shows under this new umbrella, uh, this new channel of Blog Critics Radio. So do we have anyone who has called in and stuck around anyway of, our, of our army who we can chat with briefly here for the last uh, six minutes of the show?
1: Well, absolutely. We do have a number of shows who are launching. We've got 15 shows that are set. We've got seven shows that are actually already on the schedule with start dates, hosts, everything lined up. Uh, We have one coming up uh, this Friday, the Cyber Tape Show, with uh, QRock639 hosting that. Uh, But this coming um, next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, we're going to launch a show called The Teenaged World of Maddie with a Smiley Face. I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but Maddie, you should be on the line with us. You have to
2: be smiling when you say it. Yeah, right? Can you hear me? (laughs) Yes. Hi, Maddie. How are you? I'm good. It's so nice to talk to you. we haven't seen you in in over a year we met right. We met Maddie at the gathering the the august o six gathering it was It was quite a pleasure and she is a very fine young lady thank you she is our she is our keen correspondent and has written really a number of very popular stories that have done extremely well and it, it's great to see because she's she's serious about it but she's also not afraid to be herself and you know she's uh, unabashedly, a teenager and a teenage girl, and approaches her writing uh, from that perspective. But but is also very serious about research and puts stuff together. And tell us some of the stuff you've covered and what you, what are you going to be talking about on your show? I'm really excited about it.
6: Okay, um, actually today I did inter- it, an interview with uh, some of the actresses of Bratz, so that's what I I'm doing on Blog Critics right now. But on my show, I want to cover a lot of things, um, media. Uh, just like TV shows, and maybe some more personal stuff, and I just want to, I, I want to get like teenagers on the radio, because you always hear a lot of teenagers on TV, but radio isn't that popular among teenagers.
2: That's a great point, you're, that's, that's excellent, I mean, teenagers of course are a core audience of much of radio, but you're right, you don't hear teenagers on the radio, you, they're not on the radio Presenting their perspective. Do you have any plans, uh, specific plans yet, for for what you're going to cover, or is it still a little too far off? It's a um, full week away.
6: We are going to cover the probably the writer strike, and Philip is dying for me to do uh, my dating life. Absolutely, so might...
1: I've been reading your articles and enjoying them. I want to hear every week just how difficult it is to date as a teenage girl.
6: <laughs> I, my mom's really upset about me doing that. By the way.
2: Well, of course she is. Yeah. She's your mother. Yeah,
6: she, she doesn't want me doing it, but I don't She's know. She's your
2: mother and a lawyer. She's probably yeah. right, but don't, but don't let that stop her.
6: <laughs> she says if those boys catch me. So it depends if I tell the boys about the show, because if the boys are going to listen to the show, then we can't talk about boi- that boys, you know? Right. So
2: Are to give them? A... Are you going to give them pseudonyms, or are you going to use their real names?
6: Oh, they already have um, other names. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. One of them's named Urkel, because apparently he looks like, you know, Steve Urkel, which I still don't see, but all my friends say so. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is really, really mean, because he really does it. Like, you know, Steve Urkel's, like, really dorky, and he's, like, a jock, but, you know, whatever. And the other one is named The Interloper, because he's interfering with the relationship between me and Urkel. Oh, no. Yeah.
2: That's horrible. So, How dare he. Well, <laughs> tell you what,
1: Maddie, Maddie, thank you so much for uh, for calling in. We we do want to move on and, and talk to a couple of yeah. other people. Uh, okay. Good luck with the
2: show. We will be tuned in. Let's tell everyone it is again.
1: Wednesday okay. at 8 p.m. Eastern. And how do you pronounce that title, Maddie?
6: The Teenage World of Maddie and then a Happy Face.
2: And then a Happy Face.
6: Yeah. Right. Right. Well, that, that works.
2: It's okay. like well, what Prince changed his name to, you know.
1: <laughs> next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. That'll actually be an hour before uh, before this show next week. That's right.
2: You will right. lead into us.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: as they say in TV talk.
6: Okay. Okay, am I done?
2: Yes, yep. you, are, you are dismissed. Okay. Have a great all week. Right. We, have,
1: we have a couple of other uh, callers on the line. We Maybe actually, we should bring uh, them
2: all on together since we only have a couple more minutes.
1: We can do that. We, we have actually about one minute, but I'll go ahead and bring everybody on. Uh, Matt Sussman, our sports editor, uh, going to be launching Treehouse Sport on Monday. You're on the line.
7: I was kind of hoping you're actually going to go in progression from uh, – most juvenile to most adult, but you started with Maddie, and you're going down to... 13. No, so
1: we're going actually from, from most mature... In first order. order. You're yeah.
7: loving, unfortunately. Well, in absolutely. chronological
2: age, though, you you and Maddie aren't all that far apart.
7: No, I I've, I'm, I've it's, been, it's been like five years since I've been a teenager, um, almost six years. So really?
2: That long? Holy cow. Yeah, cat. really
7: that long, if you can believe it.
1: Okay, we're at less than a minute. Um, We will actually continue talking after the close of the show uh, just for a couple of minutes. It'll
2: be available on the podcast. Yeah, the
1: podcast and the archive will have all of this, but any live listeners are are going to lose us for a few minutes. In fact, um, what I'll do is I'll just kind of play a little closing theme after I remind everybody that um, we do plan to do this every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, so you can always drop by blogtalkradio.com slash bcradio, and listen live, call in, participate in the show, or subscribe to the podcast and, uh, and listen online. You can find out more details about all the shows at blogcritics.org bcradio.
2: Spooky! I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, well,
1: okay, so now now we're talking only for the benefit of the archive. I do also have Casey Criswell on the line, and uh, Casey, hello.
2: Hello. Casey, how are you? Pretty good. How are you? I'm Casey, just fine.
1: Casey and his wife, are going to be uh, launching a show called Irreconcilable Differences, which uh, is apparently a he-said-she-said said look at horror films. I take it you guys have different ways of viewing those things, huh?
8: Uh, yes, we do tend to disagree quite a bit, so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, and then uh, also on the line with us, we've got Josh Hathaway, the infamous Josh Hathaway, the former host of uh, the BC Radio podcast. Welcome, Josh.
9: Thank you, Philip. You know, I think it's I think it's kind of funny that you know. EO and I have the the broadcast backgrounds, yet it's Philip who's trying to keep everyone on time. And I'm only here as a guest because EO hijacked my show so many times that um, I was kind of hoping to spoil his, but but the previous guests got the best of me there.
2: So um. <laughs> well, we uh, as, as I tried to tell Philip these things, you plan them out, and and all the planning is is actually quite helpful. There's nothing wrong with it at all, and it's, it's, it's great to know what you want to cover. But once you get into it, I mean, you just never know where it's going just to
9: go. Just as long as you know to throw the notes that you made before the show out the window the moment you start rolling tape for those of us who actually rolled tape in our previous broadcast existences. I, I, I know that was you too, EO, so yeah, absolutely.
2: But uh, why don't you tell us? Let's let's hear from uh, from from the three of you uh, about your shows and uh, you know when they're going to be, what you're going to cover, and uh, let's get people pumped up about it. We want to start off with a bang here. Yeah, let's Matt,
1: you, do you want to go first? You've got the show that's uh, coming up actually next Monday. Yeah, this this coming Monday at eight p.m.
9: Yeah. Eastern.
7: We're, we're quick, but here's the great thing: we've we've had a lot of interest. I think more than well, I don't want to compete. Well, I think we've had a, really a lot of interest, maybe more than any other show, because we're actually already booking guests for uh, the December 3rd episode. Um, but anyways, we got um, we got a total of six people, not including me, because I do not count in this. <laughs>
9: Boy, um, is that true.
7: To, um, it basic, well, L. Josh, as you say that, Josh is one of the guests that's going to be on Treehouse 4. He's going to come in and talk about the Alabama-Auburn game, which uh, takes place, this Saturday. Um, Craig Lindahl, do uh, you guys know he's a Cleveland guy? He's going to talk a little bit. Uh, Tuffy, he's just one of the most hilarious sons of a bitches on the site. He's going to be on. Charlie Doherty's going to be on. Patrick Saunders. And then we got a non-blog critic actually going to come on, Craig Barker, who writes a blog called The Hoover Street Rag. Uh, as a Michigan Wolverines fan, we're going to talk about the head coaching vacancy on there. So we've got a, already a full slate in the first uh, episode. That will be
2: a very full slate. Remember to cut people off. Oh, yeah, I that's got definitely it. going to podcast. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Monday, November 26th. That's, that's right.
7: actually uh, this, this next Monday, right after Thanksgiving. 8 o'clock Eastern, it's 9.30 in Newfoundland, 3 o'clock in Hawaii.
2: Oh, thanks. Yeah, I like that half-hour thing. That's one of my favorites.
7: I know. Now, now, my, I, I do have to tell you, Sus, my wife is
1: on to you. I've, I've not yet revealed my hand to her. I haven't told you, in fact, how little I, I think of you. And uh, when I mentioned the name of your show, I was going over the, uh, the outline. She said, wait a minute, Treehouse Fort, you can't have both. If it's a treehouse, it's not a fort. And if it's a fort, it's not a treehouse. I tried to show her your little drawing, but she said it looked like an epileptic monkey
7: painted it, so i I don't think that helped <laughs> that you that is actually very close to the truth
2: <laughs> seriously though you know with with the uh, the way the media goes and radio in general, there's you know uh sports talk is is a is a huge uh market and, and is a huge block of what goes on, you know especially in a m and so uh i I think this is is gonna be a way to really give. Another dimension to our sports coverage, which Matt has worked so long and hard to and has shouldered so much of the responsibility himself and he's done an excellent job by the way for such a for such a young lad out of uh, the the dreaded northwest ohio uh, you know, has really done a great job in maintaining the section and, and building it and I think this will be I'm, I'm very excited to see this new element and this new dimension to it because. You know, the show, or shows, if there end up being more, which there could well be, under the the sports umbrella, you know, they could end up being more popular, more important than than our written coverage. It's and,
7: it, this will be the last thing I say in the show, and I'll, I'll pass it up to someone else, but I think the interest in the show is especially coming from people that don't normally write articles on sports, because all the blog critics, they have all of their interest vested in, you know, music and movies and, and, and politics, and, and that's their strength. And they would sit down to write a sports article and it just doesn't turn out to be good. But they still like sports. And they like talking talking about it because they talk about it, work with all their coworkers and buddies. So this will be that perfect opportunity for them.
2: Absolutely. Uh, and uh, we, we, we're going to work uh, my, my daughter's boyfriend into the mix, Josh Link. That's so Josh. we're keeping it in the family, man. So... Uh, we all met Josh at well, I'd met him before, of course, but at uh, at Blog World, and uh, he did a great job helping out. He, and Kristen, came and and, and uh, represented the youth of the nation at the booth. So yeah, we're we're really excited, and I'm I'm very happy to hear there's been such a good response and bringing all kinds of different people. And, and And I do want to emphasize, you know, we we tried to get off to a start with with interviews, and and yeah, you, know, you know, we've been we're ending up talking to a lot of people, even if sadly uh, we're squeezing a bunch of them in after the hour, but. This whole blog talk radio, uh, you know, opportunity and the fact that we have a channel, it, it, it really is a great opportunity for interviews. I mean, we have access now. I think to a whole bunch of people that either, you know, we just we we either didn't have access to before, or there just wasn't quite the impetus, you know, to go to all the trouble of doing an interview, recording the interview, transcribing the interview, and then writing up the article. Now we're kind of shortcutting that that process, and I think there's, we're going to see a lot more interviews both in print and, and obviously, of course, on the radio. And I think this is the perfect format for interviews. People really do get to be themselves.
1: Yeah, I've done two interviews, actually, for blog critics that never made it onto blog critics. Um, after going through all the, the hassle of trying to be able to record a telephone call, um, I'd end up with a big, long recording and just didn't really feel like going through and transcribing it. So, obviously, this is going to make a big difference. Well, okay, so we've got uh, this show Wednesdays at 9 o'clock. Obviously, this is the, the first episode. Uh, this Friday at 9 o'clock Eastern, we'll have uh, the Cyber Mixtape Show with uh, QRock639. He, unfortunately, uh, missed us earlier. We, we missed his window that he was available tonight. He'll be covering urban entertainment, music, news, reviews, events, I actually listened to a little uh, test show he did earlier this week. He's definitely got a, uh, you know, laid-back urban vibe, and uh, it was a lot of fun to listen to. And uh, this Monday, November 26th, will be uh, the premiere of Sussman's uh, Treehouse Fort Sports Talk, and uh, that does sound like it's going to be a good lineup, especially because there will be people other than Matt talking. Uh, followed that Wednesday, the 29th. i going to 20- hang 20- up now.
2: 20- yeah, 20- I, I 20- feel Thursday, bad when everyone clicks or- on Matt. I like Matt.
7: Yeah, you're I, the I like I'm my, only one, Eric,
2: and I, Matt's my little buddy. I only pick on Matt because I like him. <laughs> he, he's Gilligan.
1: EO is the skipper.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've been on a diet. Man. I've lost weight, man. Oh, so have man. I, that's
9: why I've started smoking again. I'm still going to die of a heart attack. It's just going to come from a different source.
2: <laughs> different angle, a different yeah. direction. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, well, we all know Philip lost weight. Man, between uh, when we met Philip in person for the first time a year ago in the summer, and and this time, man, he's a different guy. Where's the rest of you, Philip? Man, where'd he go?
1: Uh, I think I gave it to Josh. No, no.
9: Well, I, I we well often, say that I'm
1: passing it on to somebody else.
9: We oh, say, say the process that's, that's was good. well
2: covered with Philip's uh, series uh, uh, on, the, on the road to uh, 165.
9: And, yeah, and he know. was my inspiration. I, I don't know if I should sing Wind Beneath My Wings by, by <laughs> Bette Midler or no. You're the Inspiration by Chicago. I guess no. you'll have to tune in on, on my show when we, um, after we talk to, to Casey. We'll, we'll have to talk about what I'm going to sing on my show.
2: All right. Well, actually,
1: I mean, going in order, we've got uh, after Treehouse Sport launches on uh, Monday the 26th, on Wednesday the 28th at 8 p.m., we'll have the Teenage World of Maddie. Smiley Face. Um, I'm definitely going to be tuning in every week on that one, just hoping that she talks more about her dating life. And then uh, after that, actually the very next day, November 29th, a week from tomorrow, we will launch the uh, B-Side Concept Album Show. And that is, in fact, uh, Josh Hathaway leading uh, several of the usual suspects to go over music.
2: So 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 tell us about it.
1: Yeah, tell us a little about it, Josh.
9: Well, um... You know, it's funny, as soon as I picked out the name, um, I came up with two others. One actually, and I don't know which pseudonym he's going to go with his real name or his online name, so I'll use the online name for um, propriety's sake. But um, El Bicho came up with one I liked. He, won, he thought we should maybe go, EO, you'll know this quote. Um, Talking about music is like dancing with architecture.
2: He oh, thought yeah. dancing
9: with architecture would have been a good name. I loved that. And one, then, of my,
2: one of my favorite lines, absolutely.
9: It's, it's, it's a great one. Um, Bruce Springsteen, who will probably figure prominently in, in that Thursday episode, um, the inaugural next week, um, at the beginning of his storytellers program, he said, you know, um, talking about music is, you know, like talking about sex. Can you really do it? Are you supposed to? You know, should you? But um, uh, and then the other one I wanted—I uh, don't know if any of you guys are fans of the Onion dot uh, com, the Onion website—but they had a T-shirt that I. One of these days, I will order. Maybe it'll be one of the presents I buy for myself when I hit my target. And and the T-shirt says simply, "Your favorite band sucks." <laughs> which is really an embodiment of the way I feel about most people's taste in music. So, um, but anyway, we went with um, the B-Sides concept album program, and we're starting with sort of the very broad concept music. Um, sometimes we'll be talking about you know what may be going on. Contemporary-wise, if there's a, if there's a story, or an artist who's in the news right now that we find interesting. Unfortunately, and, EO you know, with, with some of your other guests um, earlier tonight, you were talking about the state of the music industry. And, and one of the things that with my network site, Confessions of a Fanboy, if I may plug it, you one, of the, one of the premises of, of my network site is that um, not only, obviously, is there a lot of great music in the past, but if you talk to, I think, a lot of critics, a lot of music fans, it's very easy to get discouraged about music and think that there's nothing good out there being made today to listen to. And it's a premise that I reject. There's a lot of great stuff that's being made today. And despite all of these new technological um, opportunities, it just feels like it's getting harder and harder to find it. And that's one of the things that, that I try and do on on my site is – you know, It's very—it's a lot of fun. Um, I've won awards for writing, negative, snarky reviews. They're a lot of fun, but one of the things that I try to bring out in my site is that there's also a lot to be excited about in the world of music, and that's also going to be a big thrust of the show. I think that one of the things that we'll be talking about on the first episode, uh, Mark Selesky, one of our great music writers at, um, at Blog Critics, is going to participate with us um, We're probably going to be talking a lot about Bruce Springsteen. He's in the news now, and of course, today, very sad news. One of the original four from the E Street Band, Danny Federici, was diagnosed with melanoma and is actually going to be um, taking a leave of absence from the band. He and Bruce have been playing together for 40 years, so uh, we'll have Mark on. We'll talk about that and... uh, going to try and book one of our other great music writers, Glenn Boyd, who you both got to meet at Blog World. Um, Glenn and Mark both blow me out of the water when it comes to Springsteen knowledge. Both those guys a couple years older than me. I think they've been at it a little longer, but um, we'll mix it up about that, and I think that's going to be a, a very hot topic in, in the first episode.
1: You may eventually have to launch an all-Springsteen-all-the-time show. If you're going to have Glenn Boyd and Mark Celeste on there. Yeah,
9: I know. And then if we get Lisa McKay mixed into it, um, Mark, Lisa, and I have have done something with uh, the Springsteen releases going back the last few. uh, We've been calling it the Roundtable, and and Mark, Lisa, and I have collaborated on some reviews. We did that for his new album, Magic, which is is fabulous. Um, EO, I know you kind of checked out somewhere around... um, tunnel of love but uh this is yeah. really one of his um
2: i still i still don't have this one but i've heard now three or four songs and, and i really do like them all and besides just more than just liking the song is i like the feel of it i like the sound and the production and the energy it, it sounds more like like a it sounds to me uh a lot like going all the way back to the river which is one of my favorites so i i'm i'm Absolutely it's on my Christmas list. I'm going to I really only I really only go, believe it or not, to CD stores about once a year. I mean, I go more than once, but I only go during the Christmas season, the shopping season cuz that's about the only time I'm out anywhere other than like Walmart uh, anyway. And uh but it it's certainly on my list. I'm going to get it and uh I'm uh I'm also committed now that we're we're moving forward in some of these things to to finally get back to Doing a little more writing, I'm, I still haven't figured out exactly how, but being able to be on um, the radio now on a regular basis is really helpful in that regard. And I certainly want to start partaking of what I keep telling everyone else to do as far as how to how to utilize these interviews because you know we really can turn these into to uh, to written articles as well, it doesn't have to be full transcripts; just you know highlights. And so, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's one I'm I'm excited about. I've kind of been holding off on it until I could really focus on it, and uh, when things are a little more low key, uh, you know, toward the end of the year. And uh, I, I'm I'm going to delve into it, and uh, I, I'm really excited about that. I'd like to see him live too, but of course he's already been through Cleveland. But I don't know, you know, I, I saw the your list of of the new dates next year, and. Uh, you know, my son still goes to school down in Cincinnati, and I so saw he's playing there. And you know, there's there's plenty of places that that we could still see him. So I think uh, I think that will be the next the next step is to to get the CD, really check it out, pay a lot of attention to it. Because I, I mean, I've I've heard all the other ones, and I I think I own more or less, maybe not quite all uh, of, of, of 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 this era of the last you know 20 years is really what we're talking about. Um, And I think I own them all, and I've certainly listened to all the ones I own, but I haven't really poured over them either, like the earlier ones. And I'm sure that's part of it. It's part of why I have a, a much deeper appreciation for the earlier ones. And uh, uh,
1: you know, it's it's beginning to sound like the B and B side stands for Bruce Springsteen. Well, and quite seriously, maybe there really should I'm be
2: gonna... a show. I mean, it could be a half hour show. You know, so, <laughs> there would be downtime. You know, when he's not really doing anything. But certainly, anytime he's out on tour and when there's new music coming out and all that. I mean, seriously, they, I, I could see you guys literally doing a show. The other element, of course, is interviews. I mean, you, try to. No reason whatsoever. You know, I mean, we know how to get a hold of Shorefire. You know, let's let's try to get members of the band in. Um, you know, anyone who's part of the camp. I mean, you're talking about one of the bigger camps in the history of music.
9: I know. I'm really sad that Danny is is you know obviously you know most most upset that you know that he's sick and and that he's facing some health issues. But I've joked with um and and EO. I know you you've checked out my site. I refer to him as. Number eleven, because up until recently he was working uh, in the media, in the in the print news, and so I wanted to keep his name. You know, I didn't want there to be any sort of conflict or, or cause him any professional trouble. But eleven and I talk often, and you know, one of the things we've talked about is how, I mean, there's about ten people on stage at an East Street band show. He's got himself and three guitarists: um, Miami Steve, Little Steve, Silvio Van Zant, who is also doing radio, that may be a possibility to um, (laughs) look into as as far as interviews and and his wife Patty um, plays and sings. He's had the two, you know, the piano player Roy Bitten and and keyboardist, organist uh, Dan Federici, Clarence Clemens and um, Mighty Max Weinberg and Susie Tyrell violin and vocal. So it's it's a huge entourage, not to mention the people that are, are close to that camp. So you know, you, you really hit the nail when you were talking about the, the interview possibility. One of the other things is that um, I've been very involved in some, some blues coverage, and there are a lot of these guys who are working the scene kind of under the radar. A couple of CDs this year that have really, really captured my attention,
1: and wait, um, wait, I think wait. there's let's, some opportunities for yeah. that. Let's stop there. Don't go through those CDs now. People need to tune no. in Thursday, oh, November 29th.
2: That sounds great, Absolutely, Josh. I'm sure it's yeah. going to really be a good show. And 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 by the way, I I did I interviewed both um, John Landau and uh, Steve Anzant and oh and and uh, and Chuck Plotkin who who has, you know produced was done. with him for a long
9: time until Brendan O'Brien has taken over here lately. So yeah, I know we got to get um, some other folks in. So um, I'm now going to step aside so that we can hear about some of the other great shows that are coming up on. Um, our channel here on Blog Talk Radio. And just one more time, um, it's the B-Sides concept album. It's going to premiere Thursday, November 29th. It's going to be a half-hour program unless we find like tonight that we need to go to the hour but, oh man
2: um, I, i'd say go an hour just don't, don't even try to do a half hour I, I think that's going to inevitably be what happens i mean you guys won't be able to fart in a half hour
9: <laughs> no we really can't because um as you might have noticed eo's not the only person uh tonight is, who's got the gift of gab so um, really Lo- looking forward to getting punch. back into it
1: Every Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern. B sides concept album, unless it gets changed to uh, Dancing with Architecture or something else. That's uh, that's. Or exactly. your
9: favorite band
1: sucks, or you know, we yeah, might have the
9: yeah. Name every
2: week, it'll it'll be involved with uh, Josh and music. Well, yeah, so also fill also have
1: the YouTube box. So I... All right, all
2: right, all right. Will.
1: Thanks, guys. We hey, uh, Casey Criswell on the line with us. Uh, Casey, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about the concept behind Irreconcilable Differences?
8: Uh, my wife and I both are horror movie junkies for more than anything. I run a blog, com, where we talk in depth about horror flicks. So um, a lot of times uh, we both love horror movies. We love them for different reasons. And we figured it would be a good opportunity to get the, both the male and female perspective on them.
2: How are they different? How do you guys differ? How, how do you approach them differently?
8: Well, um, sometimes we like different things in them just from... Some, some might be for the gore and the killing. Some of them might be for other aspects of the plot. It's just all varies in how they present the female characters and how strong they are, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Uh-huh. Sometimes
8: we are going. Sometimes we are going to agree on things, but a lot. Oftentimes, too, we can get fairly animated when we start talking about it. So,
2: so what? what give us an example of 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 one where you say you've had uh, either either commonality or really severe differences, and what? Well, and what were those?
0: Um,
2: as a
8: matter of fact, uh, and this isn't a current movie, but we were discussing on our trip for our uh, family Thanksgiving last night about the upcoming remake of uh, Friday the 13th that's been announced.
2: Uh-huh. And, about,
8: and an in-depth, con- uh, in-depth conversation on why this one should not be considered a remake when there's so many remakes that are out there. And Whereas I thought that it wouldn't count necessarily as a remake because it's Friday the 13th, and there's been so many of them. That, Isn't you know, it the really... 20,
1: 23rd or 24th uh, movie in that franchise?
8: Exactly. And you could call it Friday the 13th, part 12, and nobody would know the difference. It would be the same movie, whereas she thought that th- th- it's still a remake, and it's evil, and on and on. So. Well, that's great. That's, that's going to be
1: every Tuesday at uh, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, and that's launching uh, Tuesday, December 4th. Is that right?
8: Correct, and the current plan is that we're going to be, basically, we'll pick a movie or two for each show, and we'll both watch and then discuss and go from there.
2: Very Excellent.
8: Good. Well, thanks for uh, sticking out to well
1: past the end, Casey. I appreciate your patience. <laughs> not a problem. We
2: will well, be, also, we'll be sure to talk about the show in actual live time as well next time absolutely, around. Absolutely. <laughs> that would be great. We, we will not overbook uh, quite oh, no problem. to the extent that we did this time.
1: Alrighty. Well, we do. Uh, we missed earlier as we were going through the lineup of shows. We had. Uh, we had. We missed the Cyber Mixtape show, but we do have on the line with us now, Laurent uh, Qrock 639. Welcome to BC Radio Live.
2: Laurent. Hello? Hello. Is Laurent there?
1: I see that he's on the line, but I can't hear him. Well, uh, like I said, I did tune in. I heard Laurent's test show earlier in the week. Uh, he actually beat everybody to the punch uh, with a show, and uh, because
2: Laurent rocks.
1: Absolutely, we uh, we had the pleasure of meeting up with Laurent at the Blog World Expo. That was a lot of fun, uh, and his show does launch uh, the day after tomorrow. So as you're uh, piling on the uh, turkey sandwiches, uh, lading them down with mustard, and enjoying the cold uh, the cold meat, you can uh, tune in Friday night 9 p.m. Eastern and uh, listen to the Cyber Mixtape Show with QRock639. And uh, that's most of our immediate lineup. We, we do have our show. Uh, this is the inaugural uh, edition. That's every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Uh, we have the Cyber Mixtape Show, Fridays at 9 p.m. We have Treehouse Fort on Mondays at 8 p.m. We have the Teenage World of Maddie Smiley Face, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. And uh, the B-Sides Concept Album, Thursdays at 10 p.m., Uh, on December 4th, uh, Tuesdays at 9 p.m., Irreconcilable Differences with Casey and Colleen Criswell. And following that, we're going to have a few other shows. We've got a a show covering television called Screen Time. We've got a big tent roundtable covering politics. We've got a bunch of other shows uh, lined up, but it looks like um, there will be... Up every day of the week pretty soon, and you can always check out the details on all of those shows at blogcritics.org slash bcradio. We'll have a completely updated list, and uh, let me see if I can bring Laurent on the line with us again really quick. Third Laurent, time. are you there?
0: Third time's got to be a charm. Yes, Absolutely. there he
1: is. Lovely. We can hear you. Welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, guys. i was starting to get scared.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, fear, fear equals motivation.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So um, I caught the tail end of everything. I'm definitely gonna check out the archive set, but it sounds like we have like the lineup of all time.
2: We have and all, all kinds of like, stuff going on. It's really very exciting, and I'm real excited about your show because it, you know you're you're right there. You're you're actually you're not just talking about it. You're actually doing it. You're you're right there in the mix, uh, putting out music, working with people, putting on shows. And, uh, you know, just tell us, I, we, we've gone like 20 minutes over at least now, I'm, I have even turned off my computer so I don't even know what time it is, but tell us a little bit about what you're going to do, certainly if you have any specific plans for that first show, and, you know, we'll be real happy to bring you back on during actual live hours next time around where, we're, definitely,
6: definitely.
0: where we do not
2: overbook so ridiculously. Right,
0: plus I have an entire hour to, to blab Friday night, so it's cool. <laughs> but,
2: so tell us about the show. What do you
0: have planned? Like I said, the show is called the Cyber Mix Tape Show. Um, It's kind of an extension of the column that um, I've had the privilege to write for you guys, the really, really good um, feature column. And basically I'm going to cover pretty much the same thing I cover in my columns. I'm going to try to bring the best of urban entertainment to blog critics and try to spotlight some of the things that might go under the radar to most of our general readers and stick to one of my personal missions, which is trying to give my much-beloved, hip-hop music, uh, much-needed facelift, and show and highlight the more positive, um, outstanding um, material that's out there. So Good man. Are you
2: going to utilize the MP3 uh, option that we have here?
0: Definitely, definitely. Cool. Um, like, I was, like I was telling you guys when I, you know, of course, when we all met up in, in Vegas and everything, my background really um, stems from music. You know, from working as, a, working as a grunt in the bowels of the music industry in New York City for years in recording studios as an engineer and uh, A&R exec and, you know, little manager type or whatever. So I hope to bring all of my contacts to the table, and I have a lineup. Um, I have quite a few people that have shown incredible interest in, um, in coming onto the show. Talking about um, their projects, their music, their art, movies, etc., and just so I don't keep it on the totally, so keep it out of the totally out of the realm of just music and CDs and all of that. Every once in a while, I'll try to bring a hard-hitting expose interview to the table as well. Wow, one very top, nice. One I think
2: top. it's really going to be real happening right out of the box. Definitely,
0: definitely. I hope you guys are ready for this one. I have one that's already lined up, and I. Spoke to the guy. Actually, tonight, we're going to bring on a few lawyers, a few doctors, and we're going to talk about the whole medicinal marijuana in Los Angeles County.
2: Good man.
0: Uh Uh-oh. It's (laughs) going to be interesting.
2: Rock the herb.
0: It's going to be very interesting. I'm going to try to get callers from all sides you know, pro and con, and just put it all out there on the table.
2: Wow. Sure. That really but sounds great, Laurent.
0: That one, you might uh, want to book a two-hour show for that one. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I definitely want to um, give that one a little time to make sure everybody comes in and is comfortable with everything and plays nice, and hopefully it will be a good show. So. Well, don't wow. don't
1: don't incriminate yourself unless you unless uh, <laughs> one of
2: those lawyers is yours. It's pure journalism, my friend.
0: Absolutely, very good, very good. From a journalistic perspective.
2: You are merely the conduit.
0: It's all research.
2: <laughs> you are the conduit.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm trying. I try I
2: for the science.
0: I definitely try to bring a little spark to the table too. So, and I'm very very excited to be a part of the whole Block Talk Radio Blog Critics Radio Network. That is. So tremendous. I mean, you know, like I was telling you, Eric, it's funny the way the whole blogging thing and how I even came to you guys is kind of like a little hobby and just a little thing to keep my mind from exploding or whatever, you know. Sure. And just to see how far it's gone and continues to go is just amazing.
2: Well, and as as I've said to you when we've talked, you know, Sure, that opportunity's there, but you um have, have taken the opportunity and really run with it more than you know, more than almost anyone because again you're not just you're not just writing about things. You're you're experiencing them and making them happen and, and uh creating events and, and you know, you're out there doing it in the real world. So I, I think that's really exciting and um, you know, we're we're really lucky to have you participating with us. I think you know we 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 would really miss you if you weren't around. we we we'd there would be a big hole in, in uh in our uh in our completeness.
0: Wow. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate
2: that guys. Well thanks for being
1: persistent and patient tonight, Lorraine. I'm glad we yeah, were very up. sorry so
2: to, think, that think we hanging in there. Thanks <laughs> hanging in there some of you guys. Very sorry <laughs> that our our uh our our, uh, our eyes were were our, our bite was bigger than our stomach or whatever whatever it is but uh you know we'll we'll definitely uh hopefully as soon as next week probably do another you know roundup on on what's going on in in uh in BC radio and, and definitely you know it'll be it'll be really cool to 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 hear how the show went and be, and be able to to talk about that and see what you've learned and figured out and cuz there's always surprises you know You never know.
0: Yeah. So um, is is there like a main show that's going to be like a, I don't know, like a main... Well, this
2: is, in theory, the flagship show. Yeah, this this show is, this is the, you know, official quote-unquote blog critic show. And, you know, in theory, we... We'll talk about at least sometimes what's going on with blog critics itself, but you know on the other hand, I, I'm not sure how uh,
1: I think, I think we're doing really that fascinating
2: idea. that is you know uh, so I, you know I think we're gonna range far and wide and kind of do whatever we want.
1: Yeah, I think we're really doing that tonight. I mean, what's going on with Blog Critics right now is the launch of the Blog Critics Radio Network. So. Oh,
2: yeah, sure. Um, and Blog World, a, absolutely.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
2: Those were well, key. It, it,
1: it has, in fact, been a real pleasure broadcasting uh, BC Radio Live this evening. Um, we've run uh, more than a little bit over, but uh, it's all on the archive. It's all in the podcast. Uh, we, are, we are going to be on every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern, so you're welcome to drop by the chat room, uh, listen live, call in and talk with us. You can also listen to archives of the show streaming online, subscribe to the podcast to have BC Radio Live delivered to you, carried around on the MP3 player of your choice. Uh, more details about BC Radio Live and all of the other shows on the BC Radio Network, including the uh, B-Sides concept album, Cyber Mixtape Tape Show, Treehouse Fort, The Teenage World of Maddie, Smiley Face, Irreconcilable Differences, Screen Time, Big Tent Politics. It's all there at blogcritics.org slash Radio. Until next week, aloha.
2: Farewell.